You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm Teodi Anderson, and today I'm hanging out with a real brat. That's Basenji Rescue and Transport. I've been asked to speak at their annual conference. Now, the Basenji is known as the barkless dog, but let me tell you, they are far from quiet. Have you ever wondered what a bunch of Basenji sound like when they get together? Here's a little taste for you. They're not exactly quiet, are they? No, far from it. They yodel, they brew. It was a great, great experience. I really enjoyed speaking at this conference. I'm going to be bringing you this show talking to the president of Basenji Rescue and Transport, as well as some longtime foster parents. So stay tuned right here on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We're back. This is Teodi Anderson, your host for Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. And today I've been speaking at the annual Brat Conference. I've been hanging out with a brat. That's Basenji Rescue and Transport. And I'm here with Liz Newton, the president of Brat. Liz, tell me a little bit about your organization. We rescue purebred Basenjis. We also help the mixed Basenjis find homes. We provide 
for the purebred dogs, when we rescue them, we provide all the services they need from fostering to all the vet care. If they need a dental for their teeth or anything like that, we do that. If we rescue a dog and it needs orthopedic surgery or anything serious or expensive, we will also go the whole route to get them healthy before they're placed. That's wonderful. A lot of people, where I am in the South especially, you don't see a lot of Basenjis, but yet you get a considerable mountain rescue each year, don't you? We actually were not rescuing as many as we used to, and I think it's because a lot of the puppy mills have closed or they've decided that Basenjis are not profitable enough. However, we still rescue approximately 100 a year and place them in homes that are Basenji-savvy homes. That's wonderful. Do you have a foster network? How does this work for your organization? Because every organization is different. We have a network of volunteers. We've actually got over a thousand volunteers throughout the United States and Canada. And they're all listed in a database by state and by what they've offered to do for BRAT. So if they're a person that helps with transporting and we need a transporter, we just post it to the transport list and the people in the area respond. The same for fostering. If we need a foster in a specific location, we'll send a note to the fosters list and state the location and the people in the area will respond that they're available to foster. I think a lot of organizations listening to the show will probably be very jealous of your thousand volunteers. That's amazing. If somebody wanted to help with your organization, what kind of skills do you need? What kind of skills are you looking for? We like people that have some experience with rescue dogs and the behaviors that come with rescue dogs, but we also will train people that just are interested in dogs and we'll get them started and try to teach them how to best manage a rescue dog. Now, that goes without saying that that we won't take a dog that's really temperamental and put him with an inexperienced person. Yes, absolutely. So Liz, a little bit about you. How did you get into Basenjis? I got into Basenjis in 1993 when our we had always had poodles for about 30 years or more. And our son said when we had the last poodle put down because of age-related problems that he did not want another wuss dog. <laughs> Oh, ouch. Sorry, poodle folks. Sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway, we got the dog encyclopedia and started looking at different breeds of dogs. And some of the things that we were interested in, we wanted a dog that was low shedding because a lot of our family members have allergies. We wanted a dog that I didn't want a big dog. I always say big dogs make big piles. (laughs) And just certain criteria that we were looking for in a dog, it seemed the Basenji was a good match. That is awesome. My sister has a Basenji, so I do have a Basenji in the family, as I mentioned earlier today when I was speaking to your wonderful group. So how did you get involved with Rescue then for Basenjis? When we got our first Basenji, he was a typical Basenji that came from a pet store, and he had separation anxiety and all sorts of problems because he had been taken from his litter too young. And we right away got online and found different organizations like Basenji Companions. And there was a Basenji list online that uh, we were writing to for assistance and advice. And when Brat was first started, we heard about Brat online through these other organizations. And my husband signed us up and it sort of grew from there. That's wonderful. And it sounds like it's going very, very well today. The conference has been extremely well run. Tell me a little bit about your 
your annual conference? Each year we have a convention, and the purpose of the convention is to give the people who only know each other by internet otherwise a chance to meet face-to-face and to network with each other and become acquainted. So because there's a lot of trust in sending a dog to someone you've never met, and typically when you're in an organization, you get used to notifying certain people for certain things, and the new people don't get involved because you go to the old standbys. And I find that when we have conferences and people meet each other, then they start networking more with a larger group of people and more people get more involved. That's a great, great point. I love that. Everybody's been so engaging. And you've got people here from all over the United States. I've met some folks from Indiana and Louisiana. Do we know who the person who traveled the farthest is? I would say probably Jackie Kuwarth from Sacramento, California, traveled the farthest. That might win, because we're in South Carolina now, folks. So California to South Carolina is a pretty good way. I did see a couple ladies here from Arizona, though. So we've had other people that have traveled quite a distance, and I know that several people have flown. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, I also noticed today, before I had a chance to uh, do my presentations, that you have quite a lot of things for your auction ready to go. So tell us a little bit about the auction that you have. Each year we have an auction that helps offset some of the expenses of the convention, and we write to different organizations and ask for donations. We're not too proud to ask. And so a lot of pet supply places will donate things to the auction. We also will write to our station master's list and our adopters list and ask them if they would like to sponsor something for the auction. People donate money to sponsor a particular item. People that make things, people that are creative, will many times make things and donate them. And people that know someone that say they got a portrait or something from someone, they will go back to them and say, hey, I got a portrait from you six months ago that I really like. Would you donate a gift certificate for a portrait? So that's how we've ended up with a lot of our prizes for the raffle and the auction. And folks, there's a lot of different prizes. I didn't know they made that many Basenji items. It's not like a very common breed. So there were Basenji artwork and tiles and jewelry. It was, it was pretty impressive. I think any breed, people that are interested in a specific breed like to find things that are related to their breed. And I know that there have been times when someone would not find a company that produced something that they were interested in, and they would send them pictures of their Basenji. (laughs) And I know that there's these little four-inch square Basenji tiles, and they did not have a Basenji at the time that the tiles were first available. And a dog that I had rescued and placed, the owner, sent a picture of Twister to them and said, hey, we need a Basenji tile or a tricolor Basenji tile. And so they started producing it. So I think a lot of times Basenji people send pictures of their dogs to these companies and say, hey, you need to recognize our breed. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great tip for those of you with other rarer breeds. Maybe we should start sending more pictures out there. And if you're vendors and listening, there's a market for you, let me tell you, because this auction stuff was really exciting. They even had stuffed animals. I really didn't know they made a stuffed Basenji, but there were stuffed Basenjis of different colors and everything. The lady that has, she donates those to us every year. Her name is Donna Troyner. Did I say it right? Donna Troyner. And she donates several every year for our auction. And she sells those online. It was impressive. Well, Liz, thank you so much for having me at your conference, and I appreciate you talking to me today. Everybody, this has been Liz Newton with Brat, the president of Brat, and we will be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Active 4 Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active 4 Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And I'm back. This is Teodi Anderson, the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. And I am here with foster parents for Brat. Why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm Barbara Nearhood. I'm Dennis Nearhood. And how long have you been fostering for Brat? Uh, since the day they started. Wow, that's impressive. What is impressive is we were doing fostering before Brat. Did you specialize in a breed before or just always, fostering in general? Always Bisenjis. Always Bisenjis. Always Bisenjis. What got you into the Bisenji breed? A uh, 13-year-old son <laughs> who we did the right way. We got all the books out of the library and we left him pick the dog. And he was all gun-ho for Corgis until he saw a Corgi in the ring in the Civic Center at the Thanksgiving show. In Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. And they lasted about 30 seconds and then my wife turned him loose in the Civic Center. And the seventh or eighth time he came back and he said, you have to see these banjo dogs. Banjo dogs? Yeah, he had uh, speech and hearing problems. And we went with him and there was this nice lady, turns out Mary Lou Kenworthy. And she had schlepped a rocking chair into the Civic Center so she could rock her pregnant bitch. And she had entered the bitch so she could get the rest of her dogs. She wasn't going to leave her pregnant female at home. So I guess we passed Mustard because she invited us to come to her house and see see some dogs. And I think she deliberately turned eight of them loose in this rather small house. And they did a B500 around (laughs) and bouncing off the back of the sofa. And we didn't run screaming and shouting out of the house. So she said, okay, I think you guys are live. 
We gave her a deposit. <laughs> it worked. Yes. Yeah. And she had a return to breeder dog. He was, I think, eight months old. And he was our first Basenji, and we did everything in the world wrong, and we still loved him. He was a wonderful dog. <laughs> That's wonderful. So do you know how many Basenjis you fostered all these years? Is, is there some sort of tally or ballpark number? A ballpark number is somewhere around 135, give or take a few. Wow. Do you keep them for long periods of time? Has it varied? The shortest was, I think, 24 hours. The longest was one year and one day. And when he left, we threw a party. He was a handful. Oh. He did not like cats. He did not like my male dog. He could climb or jump the fence. So he was challenging. We were so happy when somebody came up for air that really wanted them and were ideal because they lived in a city, they had a townhouse, they had to walk the dog. They were definitely never going to have any kids. Match made in heaven. They loved the dog. Two years later, they got a girl that we talked to the people that had fostered the girl and turned out the girl was even worse than Ramsey. (laughs) So... You have these challenging dogs, they come into your life for a short period of time, sometimes it's a long period of time, a year is a long time, you get really attached. What do you find is the hardest thing for fostering? When people are thinking about getting into fostering, what is the most challenging thing that maybe something that you didn't expect that you encountered that that you wish you'd known when you first started this little adventure? Giving up the really nice ones. There's a few over the years that just still in my heart, just Loved them to death, but it was time to move them on because if you fail foster, sooner or later you've got to stop fostering. That's true. I have some friends who have failed fosters where they've ended up with a house full simply because it's so hard to give them up. And I've done fostering before too. And it's really hard to find that right match because you end up caring for that dog so much you want it to find that right home. Over the years, we failed fostering because the dog came in with Fanconi and, well, Nobody wanted a Fanconi girl. Now, could you explain what Fanconi is? Because I've heard it a lot today, but I don't know that all my listeners are very familiar with that. So can you explain what Fanconi is, please? A Fanconi is a condition where the kidneys malfunction. In the distal renal tubules, the nutrients are reabsorbed back into the blood. And there's a failure at this level. So that in cleansing the blood, the vital nutrients are not put back in. We have to supplement with sodium bicarbonate, potassium, phosphorus, and um, amino acids. It's with Gypsy, it was 13 pills a day. 13 pills a day, wow. Gypsy's was expensive because she had a problem. Our current dog has Fanconi now. Her treatment is 38 cents a day. Wow. She takes two vitamins, one vitamin twice a day. She takes a calcium twice a day. She has some nutritional supplement powder that we add into her food. That's not part of the protocol, but we think it does her good. And uh, then she has two sodium bicarbonate tablets twice a day. And what was really funny... My son had some kidney problems, and the doctor put him on the sodium bicarbonate tablets. <laughs> it's a family thing. The whole family's going to take it. It's No, it was just, it's human medicine as well as dog medication. Well, you talk about Fanconi, and every breed has its own diseases that are unique to that breed. 
What do you think is the most important thing for pet adopters to understand about the Basenji breed? You have so much experience with Basenji. What do you wish that more of them that approached you knew about your particular breed? first breeder told us straight up, Basenji is a dog for people who would really like a cat, which was very close to being true. People that, well, first of all, if you're adopting from our rescue organization, you will come and meet us and see a Basenji, particularly if you've never seen a Basenji before. We get calls like that all the time. Second, if you're going the puppy route, talk to your local rescue organization. They can probably point you to decent breeders. Uh, with the Basenji, insist on the DNA test. Okay, It is now like 99.999% accurate because they don't want to say it's 100% because you know, things can fail. But if it comes back positive that the dog will come down with a Fanconi, well, then you've got to re- re-examine your options. Right. Um, and folks, while I'm doing this interview, one of their sweet Basenjis is sitting on my foot. It's being very sweet. <laughs> very sweet. So we talked about one of the challenging things it is for fostering. What's the best part that you find about fostering? Getting a dog that people have basically thrown away. And as a rescue person, uh, we've been lied to so often it's amazing. We've been told they're housebroken. They didn't have a clue. We've been told that they weren't housebroken. They never had an accident in the house. We were told they get car sick. Never got car sick. Told they were aggressive. They weren't aggressive. They were just defending their turf. Most rewarding thing is you get a dog that basically nobody wants and it turns out to be a really nice sweetheart and you find a good home for it and you get pictures and postcards at Christmas. You know, it's a high. It's got to be because you keep coming back for more, don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're going home and we're probably picking up a one-year-old brindle that, quote, is not good with kids. Well, I've gotten a lot of dogs over the year that the owner said they weren't good with kids. What they weren't good with was kids that didn't have any dog manners. Just, you know, you turn a three-year-old loose on a, any dog and the dog will defend himself. Right, and I talked about some of that today. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for all you do. The Basenjis thank you as well, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's going to wrap up another show. I had such a great time speaking at the BRAT conference. Honestly, I love talking to rescue organizations, humane societies. It's wonderful hanging out with people who have such a passion for helping pets. It's such a blast. I gave two presentations at this particular conference. One was on understanding canine behavior, what their language is telling us. And the other one was for foster parents on how to be even better at foster parents, how to recognize what's normal in dog behavior, what's not so normal in dog behavior, maybe some red flags you need to be worried about, and how to set dogs up for success so that they find their forever homes. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about the experience. If you'd like to reach me, you can at Teoti, T-E-O-T-I, at PetLifeRadio.com, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Anderson, or on the website, GetPositiveResults.com. Thanks so much to Brett for having me. Thanks to you for tuning in. And thanks to my producer for making this show happen. Once again, this has been Teoti Anderson on Get Positive Results on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.